you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Bidiki ako se napravi greška, tak je bide kobna. Nema vrakinja nazad. So, Europe need to, to remain more sexypil lady in the world. Ajde, majkata! Gospode, čuva Macedonija i nizinite gregi. The long-awaited results from last year's census were released on March 30, and predictably, there was confusion, finger-pointing, anger, and blame dished out on all sides with the changes in numbers all around. Only one number is not in dispute, and that is that Macedonia now has 1,836,713 citizens, down from a little over 2 million in 2002. And the one thing that everybody can agree on when analyzing that number is that Macedonia is losing citizens, no matter what ethnicity, as they flee the country. As a percentage of residents in Macedonia, Macedonians make up about 58% of the population and ethnic Albanians make up about 24%. But then those numbers are questionable as a total of 130,260 residents were not counted, at least officially in the census, due to the boycott and for other reasons. And if the majority of those 132,000 are ethnic Macedonians, and they most likely are, then the percentage of Macedonians is much higher. As for the other ethnic minorities in Macedonias, those numbers include 3.86% as Turks, 2.53% as Roma, 0.047% as Vlachs, 1.3% as Serbs, and 0.087% as Bosniaks and others. And, as for those others, a grand total of 3,504, that's 3,504 residents of Macedonia declared themselves as Bulgarians. The Macedonian content farmers would like to note that we have attended rock and roll concerts with more people than that. And this very small number of self-declared Bulgarians has apparently made Bulgarian President Roman Radev very mad. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Tvitin Shulemanov in Skopje in the rich ethnic tapestry that is Macedonia. <laughs> well, it's always been a rich ethnic tapestry, and that's one of Macedonia's beautiful selling points, I think. But, of course, the majority of, Mace of, Macedonia of Macedonian citizens, residents, are ethnic Macedonians, and because it is the homeland of Macedonia. And uh, Macedonia. Not for long. <laughs> it's well, now, Another now. census like this in here and then. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, uh, my, uh, I just completed a new, uh, a new column, new article that will come out on Monday, and, you know, the, the last line is basically this. It's, it is entirely up to the Macedonians to decide their own fate. And nobody, no other country is going to come in and save you. No, no other country is going to come in and, and, uh, and help you. It's entirely up to the Macedonians to decide what their fate is. And so, anyway, that's, we'll have a long discussion on that. But for right now, let's, let's, let's talk about that census. So, uh, as I see from today's news. So, yesterday, let's see, today is, we're recording this on April 1st. This is not an April Fool's joke, but we are recording this on April 1st, Friday. Uh, we'll probably, this will probably drop on Saturday. Uh, and this is episode 135 of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast. Uh, but yesterday, March 31st, when I started looking at those numbers, uh, I saw that, uh, of course, the Macedonians were angry. 
Uvamarukhamene uh, was angry. Um, I saw that Besa, the, the ethnic Albanians, were right. angry. Uh, I saw that the Bosniaks were angry. Today I see that the Serbs are angry. The Macedonian Orthodox Church is angry. Uh, the Bulgarians, of course, are always angry. Uh, the only people that aren't angry, apparently, uh, so far, are the, um, uh, the citizen of Mandui, yeah. uh, the leading ruling parties that uh, govern Macedonia for the past five years. So, any other angry people you'd like to add to that? Uh, yeah, since, thank uh, you. since I looked at the news? Thank you, covered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only Dui is actually openly happy, and this DSMR. Uh, insisting that it was technically well done, we had to do it eventually, and the boycotters are at fault for all the uh, disaster that's happening. But I mean, listen, objectively looking at the numbers, it's a, it's a big mess. It's a it's a huge mess. It's a disaster. Mm. You can't spin it any other way. Right now, we we do need to note that uh, you know a, a census is supposed to record the number of people in a country at a given time. And that number that I quoted earlier, the 1.8 million and change, is the number of people in Macedonia. Uh, the 132,000 are a part of that, but uh, weren't counted for various reasons. We think they're ethnic Macedonians. Uh, but this census included uh, the diaspora as well, uh, which is not a normal part of the census. Yeah. And what were those numbers? Do you have those handy? Because I don't. Uh, so I tried to pull them out. So basically we have like... Uh... So uh, we have uh, 2.5 million issued citizenships. Mm -hmm. uh, this would include the diaspora and 1.8 something million residents. So that's like, uh, what, 700,000 immigrants in total. I mean, we assume that these 700,000 are immigrants, except that, you know, a lot of them could be deceased by now. This was not uh, mm -hmm. made clear. So we have 2.5 million issued citizenships or, uh, you know, what we call identity numbers. Uh, but uh, the, the Bureau did not explain, you know, their estimate how many of them have, uh, of this surplus 700,000 people are uh, uh, deceased. We had 2.1, I think, million who participated in the census. So it's uh, like uh, 300,000 active, alive immigrants who took part in the census, uh, except that um, it was widely, you know, boycotted by Macedonians in the US, in Canada, and especially in Australia. They only got like a few thousand people in Canada, Australia, like ridiculously low numbers. About 60-70% of all who were counted in the diaspora are, uh, so yeah, I have 66% of all, uh, so, so yeah, the diaspora people, uh, mm -hmm. those who, who were registered online, uh, 260,000, a little under mm -hmm. 260,000. So 1.8 million in the country and 260 abroad. Uh, we get to about 2.1. Uh, of them, 66% said they're Albanians and 4% Turks. While Macedonians, only 25%, only a quarter of these 260,000 who were actively registered in the diaspora over an easy-to-do online application are ethnic Macedonians. And this is, you know, BS. I mean, this is impossible. Right. Uh, we are missing uh, here a few, I would say, few hundred thousand ethnic Macedonians who practically said, you know, F it, I'm not participating in this. That's a fake country. I don't want to get involved in this. 
with this government. The government is imposing the census, the U.S. embassies, telling us we have to do a census. Well, I'm not doing it just because. And uh, they joined the boycott. And uh, just like, you know, just think there was a strong call to boycott the referendum, which was very successful. It's very likely that, you know, this is precisely the outcome that uh, the government, the Dewey-dominated, the Albanian-dominated government wanted to annoy the diaspora and to get them to boycott. So maybe they, you know, the boycotting people in the diaspora played into the the wishes of the government. But either way, we have like uh, at least two, three hundred thousand Macedonians who were not counted in the uh, in the census, and you know this would get us close to this number of two point five issued citizenships over the course of uh, our existence as a country. So uh, this was the boycott in the diaspora. This is what helps the Albanians get, uh, you know, the they did, did not really grow in numbers, but you know they reached almost about thirty percent of the. Uh, uh, Total citizens of the country, uh, who were who were, of the residents and the diaspora put together, they reach about thirty percent, and the Macedonians dropped to fifty-four percent because of the boycott in the diaspora and also the significant boycott at home. So uh, there was a a call from Levitsa, from a, a bunch of nationalist populist parties, uh, and from Vumar initially in the early stage of the census, uh, who said. It's ludicrous to hold a census in which we are counting the diaspora. This is made to artificially inflate the number of Albanians. We already have roles of citizens. We don't need to, you know, they have their passports. They can uh, renew them. They're not important for planning of the economy and the education and the healthcare, etc., the infrastructure of the Republic of Macedonia. We need only to count the residents of the country. And therefore, you know, we do not want to have a census of the diaspora. This is the reason why the 2011 census was blocked, was stopped, because right. Dewey insisted that the diaspora is counted. Eventually, there was some middle-of-the-road solution. So this was not allowed, but people, Albanians would say, listen, my, my nephew, he just went to the field, or he's out in the town, let me, you know, uh, I will give you his details, you just count him in. So there was widespread fraud. There was an attempt in 2011 to count the diaspora is living in Macedonia. And in the mid-census, Gryevsky said, no, we're blocking this, we're stopping this, get out. And he stopped the whole thing. This time around, Zaev accepted that the diaspora is counted outright, but you ha- we have these separate numbers. We have the separate number of the diaspora and the, and the residents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the small populist party said, listen, we are calling for a boycott. And Levitsa is significant among them, not mm-hmm. that small. And eventually they got their wish. About 132,000 people were, um, you know, were not counted in the census. But uh, they were, it was determined that they live in the country. So Gruevsky put in place an electronic system after the failure of the census. And it's very simple. They put together, you know, whether you have paid taxes, whether you're registered as working somewhere, whether you're claiming uh, healthcare benefits or, you know, just paying into your healthcare, uh, children, education, uh, you know, enrolled in university. There's like dozens of institutions where your number, your name, your 
you pop up and this is all put together and the government practically knows that there are 1.8 million people in the country, but only 1.7 million were actively part participated in the census. So there was 132,000 boycotters inside the country on top of several hundred thousand ethnic Macedonians in the diaspora. And it's assumed, you know, given the municipalities where the boycott took place, there's like 5,000 in Aerodrome, 5,000 in Karpos. These are ethnically Macedonian parts of the country, uh, 6,000 in Strumica, etc. And it's considered that these were people who were boycotting because of the call of the Macedonian rights. Uh, and it was also taking part during the, the a strong wave of the corona. So this was another reason. And uh, practically, we are 130,000 Macedonians short, which means that the numbers of residents, so we have like 5430 division Macedonians, Albanians, in the total number of enrolled, of citizens who participated in the census, in the country, the number is uh, 58 to 25, 24 point something, 25. So um, of the residents, you know, if we add this 132,000 to the Macedonian count, Macedonians would get to 63%, Albanians would remain at 25. So uh, we practically have the same numbers from the 20, 2002 census replicated. Again, the division was 63-25. Practically to the percentage point, we have the same result from the 2002 census, except that uh, uh, we are, we've dropped from about 2 million then to 1.8 million now. So 200,000 people left the country over 20 years. And uh, the share, their share is such that we assume that they're practically... Uh, same proportion of Macedonians and Albanians and others as we are in the country. So the so the ratio, you know, the balance, the very important ethnic balance in the country has practically remained the same. But because of the boycott, the Albanians now have the talking point that recently reached thirty percent of overall population, and the Macedonians are collapsing, and they're you know about to go below fifty percent. In the next census, they will not even be a majority. Uh, they will not be over 50%. So this is the political fallout of the whole operation. Well, I, that's, a, that's a great analysis, and thank you. I hope the listeners were writing all the numbers down. <laughs> exactly, yes. I should put them in the, in the video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, Ali Ahmeti's talking point is that the uh, ethnic Albanians of Macedonia are now 30%, so therefore the rest yeah. of the Macedonians in Macedonia should actually leave the country and just hand over the keys uh, to the uh, to Ali Ahmeti and his cronies in, in Dewey. Um, well, yeah, so that's that's one of the, uh, again, going just going back to the top line uh, issue or, or point in the monologue that I mentioned, that everybody agrees that people are leaving, uh, and, and I think mm. that's, that's not in dispute, uh, which is not good for the country. As you were talking, I was looking through my, uh, my tweets here. I saw a, a tweet by a... Um, PhD student the other day that had delved a little more deeply into this, and it's, it had nothing to do with ethnicity. It was an interesting point on um, the number of working people counted in the census no, versus Christian, retirees. Yeah. Sorry? Uh, Christian's comment, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so which is not good. Uh, you you need you need more working people to support the retired people. Uh, same thing going on here in the United States. Same thing going on in every uh, developed Western capitalist country. That uh, as as we humans live longer due to uh, technology and other things, uh, and re and retire uh, at uh, the various retirement agencies uh, ages set by you know governments around the world. Uh, we we need more working people to pay into the system to take care of the retirees, uh, and so and and that number is decreasing in Macedonia, like everywhere else, unfortunately. So that does not bear uh, bear uh, that's that's not good news for the future. Um, so between those two things, uh, well, let's 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 look again at the ethnicity, uh, and I mentioned the finger pointing, etc. So the the Serbs I, I see say that they're going to have their they're going to count their own people in the fall. Mm. Uh, I saw Miskolski said the Vomero when he, when they come to power they're going to organize a new census. Uh, you know I don't know how you do that. I don't know if it's even possible. You may just have to wait until 2030 to conduct another census to get an accurate number. Um, but the problem is going to remain no matter when the next census is conducted, whether it is in 2023 or 2030 or 2031. And that is, if you have got, of course, Ali Ahmeti might be dead by 2030, we can hope so. Uh, but if you've got uh, um, uh, people like him in power from the ethnic Albanian side, he and people like him are going to continue to insist on this counting of the diaspora and everything else, which is not the way you conduct a census. Uh, and so I'm not sure how you're going to overcome that. That's for you guys to figure out. Uh, you can ask your friends for help on that, but not the U.S. Embassy and not the uh, EU embassies, uh, mm. because they will not help you on that. Um, does has what did Levitz say besides this is an illegitimate census? Do they say anything about you know future census or anything like that? Uh, I mean, they're in a tight spot. They are calling on Vimera to declare the results invalid, and you know mm. with, this is a significant enough boycott in the diaspora and at home to that they have a point. And they have practically shown they have like maybe like a voting block for the future elections. So this is that's their benefit. But on the other side, they're getting a lot of flack from pretty dishonest, I would have to say, people close to SDSM, like I don't know, Vaskraftov, who say, Well, look at what Levitsa did. We were about to defeat uh, you know, Ahmeti, we would have shown that uh, you know, there's basically no increase in the number of Albanians in Macedonia, even though he insists that due to their, you know, Albanians really have a higher fertility rate. And we haven't even seen these numbers broken down by, I mean, these people mm. took like six months almost to compile the numbers, which just adds to the suspicion of fraud. Uh, so that uh, they, at least they could have come out with, I don't know, a age breakdown or a fertility breakdown of the... Uh, of the, by, by population, uh, but um, the talking point from the left now is uh, Levitz and Vomero, because Vomero were lukewarm to the census, they uh, stopped us from having like 63-65% Macedonians and again 24-25% mm -hmm. Albanians and this would have harmed Ahmeti because Albanians would get a feeling that they're getting nowhere, while now they have some feeling that they're advancing um, in Macedonia and making it more of their country uh, than ours. Uh, Vumara had a point, since it took months to compile all these numbers, they say, listen, uh, and, and they were using electronic databases, they say there is 
at least in one institution in the interior ministry, when you apply for an identity card, you're asked for ethnicity. So this could have easily been, since we're adding these this 132,000 people with every other uh, of their data points, like age and uh, you know income and whatever, we could have easily added them um, their ethnicity from this application for identity cards. And they say the government obviously was uh, under pressure by the their very powerful Albanian partner not to do this and to artificially undercut the number of Macedonians, since they're ignoring the wish of the people to boycott the process and counting them anyway. Okay, at least you use this, date, this one extra data point, which is very important for the political balance of power for elections and uh, so on. So they obviously did not want to do this. Uh, there is, was another huge uh, blunder in the census. So the, the census board institution, which is run by an ISDSM crony, who was very aggressive uh, you know, in annoying everybody on the right, uh, threatening them with fines if you boycott. We just made the people say, OK, fine, I'm going to boycott just because. Uh, so um, he says, this is like an intimate thing. We cannot force anybody to. Uh, we cannot just assume somebody's identity. They might have changed their ethnic identity since applying uh, in the interior ministry for their identity card. Uh, and they had, uh, they instructed the census takers to accept uh, for religion uh, a response of both Christian and Orthodox as two separate entries. <laughs> and they did not do this for the Muslims, for, I don't know, for Sunni, Sunni and Muslim. So as a result, we have uh, 847, 850,000 people who said they're Orthodox, and this is 46% of the population, which does not make sense because Macedonians are Orthodox and we are, you know, 54%, 58%, or, you know, realistically, 63, 65%. And then there is another entry of 13%, additional 13% of, or 250,000 additional people, who said they're just Christian. So mm. when the, the, the canvassers would come to your house, if you said Christian, uh, you know, the, the director of this uh, institution said, we instructed them not to follow up with the question, okay, but are you Catholic, Christian, Orthodox, la, 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 la. So they, uh, they counted them separately. So now it mm. appears that we have only 60, 46% uh, Christians, uh, Orthodox Christians, and then closely followed by 32% of Muslims, and then some 13% of unidentifiable other type of Christians. Uh, um, so this is a major, major uh, deliberate error in the in the census, because you know the the the, the Muslims are not asked are you Sunni, Sunni Bekteshi? So maybe somebody there would have made a mistake and said, okay, I'm, I'm a separate entry for Muslims and a separate entry for Sunnis, right? Because even though ninety percent of Muslims here are Sunni, mm -hmm. ninety-five maybe. So uh, yeah, this is another point where we're we're seeing deliberately undermining the percentage of Orthodox Christian Macedonians. It's a majority in the country. In this case, we are even under 50%, which again emboldens Albanian nationalism. And immediately, the day after the census, all the Albanian parties uh, issued separate statements with the same message. We need to amend the constitution 
which gives, uh, which after the war in 2001 and the Ohrid Treaty says, we have the Macedonian language as official, and then another language in official use would be the language spoken by at least 20% of the population. So this was done deliberately, mm. not to make Macedonia a binational Macedonian slash Albanian country, but not, not to mention the Albanians in this uh, category as, uh, you know, a second official language, but to keep the Macedonian language as a unifying uh, lingua franca spoken by, you know, 90% of the country. So now they say erase the 20% designation and replace it with Albanian language. Mm. So uh, our numbers in the country, you know, confirm this and we deserve this. Uh, and since we're supposed to open the constitution anyway for to include the Bulgarians in it, which is now a, a strong demand from Bulgaria before it lifts its veto, uh, it's very clear that Albanians will block this change and will demand that uh, another enroachment, another stage in turning Macedonia into a federal state, bilingual, you know, uh, two, two official languages, two major nations, etc., would be when we open the constitution for the inclusion of the Bulgarians. And the Bulgarians have responded today, so their initial reaction was, listen, this is unacceptable, we've given uh, 120,000 passports to Macedonian citizens, even if all of them have emigrated in the diaspora in Germany, you know, uh, even if none of them still lives in Macedonia, we expect them to be reflected in the census. And if they're not, if there's only uh, 3,500 Bulgarians in Macedonia, this means that you're intimidating them, that they cannot freely express their Bulgarian identity, and this is all the more reason for us to block the country. And there was another statement, uh, there was musing by the, by the Bulgarian foreign ministry, well, if 132,000 people who live in the country did not, are boycotting and did not express their identity, <laughs> well, we say that they're intimidated, that our Bulgarians are intimidated, so maybe these are our missing Bulgarian citizenships. And this is now, so basically they're saying that by the boycott called for by Levitsa confirms that there is a very oppressed and very large uh, population of Bulgarians in Macedonia. So that's, so yeah, I mean, once we begin weakening the Macedonians, a Macedonian nation state and the Macedonians as the main dominant largest ethnic community in the country, we obviously have enroachment from all sides. Once you display weakness, everybody's jumping on you, which is very predictable. Well, absolutely. And, and actually, two points on that. I think it was maybe a year and a half, two years ago, I wrote a column. Uh, I think it was, the title was um, Identity as National Security, which is why it's so important for the Macedonian identity mm. to be uh, not just protected, but bolstered. Uh, because a weak identity invites, well, Weakness, which invites neighbors to take a bite out of you, literally or figuratively. Uh, probably not literally, but figuratively when it comes to things like what you mentioned, making Macedonia a, a federal state, divided in two, so to speak, a binational state, mm. uh, getting the Bulgarians to take their chunk, etc. Um, that's the first point. The second point is that, and this, this is also in my column, which I'm going to put out, I think, on Monday, uh, and that is this, and let me just try and say this as, as gently as possible. Um, mm. I, I think a lot of times, and I've, I've been involved with and observing and, and 
trying to love on Macedonian Macedonians for 26 years now. Macedonians tend to, to look at themselves and look at all the woes that have befallen Macedonia and say, well, we're victims. Uh, there's nothing we can do about it, which you might be victims in some cases, but other times Macedonians, especially Macedonia's leaders, make really stupid mistakes. Uh, and I know this because Macedonians tell me this. Uh, and so, but, but playing the victim card all the time, whether it's somebody else's fault or your own fault, fault invites, also invites weakness and it projects weakness. And none of that is good. I mean, the simple solution, well, simple to say, not easy to implement, is for Citizen to get with the program and say, you know, we don't care what Ali Ahmeti and Dewey want because it's against the interests of the state. We're going to join with Vomero and say no to this and no to that. No to, no to Ali Ahmeti and no to Bulgaria uh, and Rumen Radev, etc. And no to whoever it is that threatens the Macedonian identity in the Macedonian state. Do I expect them to do that? Not the leadership, but the rank and file? It is perfectly within their ability to do so. They have agency as individuals, as human beings. They can do that. Whether or not they will is another question. And Vomero has got to convince them, not just Vomero, but anybody who cares. I mean, um, who was it? Uh, Pavlai Trayanov of the DS party, who is a, a coalition member of with Citizen, was also, I forgot to include him in the list of people who were upset by the yeah. census. Uh, you know, all of these smaller coalition parties that belong to Citizen and, and, and the ruling coalition, that are Macedonians, ethnic Macedonians, they can all stand up and say, this is not right. We're going to say no to this anymore. Now, of course, there are consequences. Uh, maybe Bulgaria keeps its veto on you. Maybe the uh, maybe uh, uh, Kate comes down from her high her, her high holy seat on Calais and gives Ooh. you a lecture. Uh, maybe uh, the EU ambassador David uh, Greer, I think is his name, you know, uh, gives you a lecture, etc. Well, okay, so what? You only have one Macedonia, uh, and it, it needs to be protected and nourished and cherished. Uh, and there are ways to do that. Uh, even as you face all of these, these issues and problems, um, and I've written about them many, many times, uh, starting with education, we can talk about that later. Uh, th there, are, there are ways to, even now, as you're under attack from these various sectors, these various people, these various countries, these various ideas and ideologies, uh, there are ways to, to protect, especially the children, because uh, that's what it's all about. You, you've got to raise up this new generation uh, with a with Macedonian identity and understanding the Macedonian history and the language, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I'm going on a rant, and I'm not exactly sure where mm. I'm going with that. Uh, but, oh, but it's entirely within the power of Macedonians to control their own destiny just as it is for every other people, despite all of these external shocks, as the World Bank likes to call them, and despite all of the pressure you're getting from Bulgaria and, and from outside Albanians going back to the Tirana uh, Agreement, etc., uh, Calais, the EU, etc. So, um, anyway, that's for another discussion another time. Yeah, uh, yeah you brought up the issue of the Bulgarians, um, again, 3,504, <laughs> uh, Macedonians. It's actually this doubled. I mean, no other community has increased in numbers. Oh, that increased? What was it? Two senses. I, I think it doubled. I'm not really sure at the moment, but it, it was a minuscule number. And I think yeah. they actually reached the number of Macedonians uh, who would register in a census in Bulgaria because there were like, after World War II, there were hundreds of thousands of Macedonians in Pirin, Macedonia, in the 
uh, southwest corner of Bulgaria. And uh, af after they changed their policy uh, under Zhivkov, this was strongly discouraged. Initially, you know, they would issue documents, they would say Macedonian uh, in Bulgaria. Bulgarian documents would state their ethnicity as Macedonian. Mm -hmm. uh, they were encouraging this uh, identity. I, I suppose, you know, it's a, you know, it's a future uh, basis to, you know, take, take on Yugoslavia and take Macedonia from, from Yugoslavia with the help of the Soviet Union. Uh, and then this was strongly discouraged. I think now, I think it's dead even. I will have to Google it, but I think now we got to the point where uh, there is the same number of Macedonians who would uh, dare defy the pressure in Bulgaria to register as Macedonians and Bulgarians in Macedonia. Who, yeah, I mean, uh, it's not picnic for them either, but you know, obviously Macedonia has far... I mean, I've known Bulgarians who've been sent to prison. I mean, it's not a light of wow. talk. Uh, but uh, obviously now Bulgaria is, uh, uh, and, and just today there were the talks on the yes. medieval period of history <laughs> are supposed to have ended on Tsar Samuel, the focus is on Tsar Samuel, and uh, it's what the Bulgarian uh, delegation already said that a lot of progress has been made, that our representatives are far more reasonable after some uh, were sidelined and removed from the commission, mm. several historians, and an Albanian was added to represent our side, and so on. So they're under strong pressure from the foreign minister, from the government here to finally deliver. And uh, it's been a few hours after the talks ended, mm -hmm. two-day talks, and uh, an agreement is reached apparently, but we're still not being told what it is. And mm. uh, I assume that you know, we will, uh, part of the agreement will be that our history books will say that the uh, Tsar Samuel medieval kingdom is not a Macedonian kingdom, but a continuation of the Bulgarian, of a slightly older Bulgarian kingdom, uh, of the first Bulgarian empire, as they call it, and that, that this will have to be part of our history books. And even uh, a Bulgarian representative here said... Uh, the numbers are low in the census, so apparently uh, the Bulgarian government will now drop the request for amending the constitution because the number is really low. Uh, but in return, uh, we will ask that uh, Macedonia caves on uh, Samuel and that there is a plaque put on Tsar Samuel's fortress in Ohrid, this monumental uh, fort on, in Macedonia's cultural and spiritual center uh, in Ohrid. Uh, and that it says that this is the site of the kingdom of uh, of the Bulgarian Tsar Samuel, the, the second Bulgarian kingdom or the Western Bulgarian kingdom, something like that. And, uh, you know, such plaques, the <laughs> Zayev government... No, the Zayev government already put such plaques for the Greeks. This I, is I, part I know, of the and, 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 Presbytery, and they were demolished. You can't read them, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, probably we'll see, you know, if this is the idea. And that, and they, they said, okay, and the compromise, and apparently after this is done, we expect that Petkov will lift the veto in June. The mm. Bulgaria will lift the veto after we give away the medieval portion of history uh, to the Bulgarian. Uh, ah, but you still have, have Godzai Delchev to talk about, so. That's for later. <laughs> ah, okay, yes. 
There's there's what thirty chapters of the uh, thirty two chapters of the EU uh, Acquis, that's yeah. how you pronounce it. So yeah, uh, Bulgaria can uh, can veto the start of each chapter or the close yeah. of each chapter. So that's uh, what sixty some odd times to uh, to veto mm -hmm. mass. I mean, the whole thing is a farce. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah. I think we all know that the whole thing is a farce. The EU, despite and well, we'll tiptoe here into Ukraine, despite what's going on in Ukraine and solidarity that the EU is exhibiting right now, five weeks, six weeks into the into the war there, uh, I am still of the opinion that the EU is a, a, a doomed project in the long run. Um, of course, as John Maynard Keynes said, in the long run, we're all dead. Uh, so it's it's not something that, that um, is, is going to be beneficial to Macedonia or the other countries in the long run, because at some point it's going to either cease to exist or it's going to morph into something else. I don't know. So but that's that's another discussion for another time. Um, but you, you can't have, you, you well, obviously you can have, actually, I should say, because uh, Greece has, has proven it. You can't have countries that are that are blocking other countries for petty little things like this that have nothing to do with what, what the core, EU's core quote-unquote values are. So, um, all right. Well, we'll wait to see what the historians come up with. Um, but that kind of leads us, so I, I did want to talk about a little bit about the teachers. So the teachers are going on strike, apparently, or the teachers' union has said mm -hmm. that they want to go on yep. strike over pay, correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, and they're going to do that this month in April. Uh, 11th, yes. Okay. In, uh, so, what, 10 days. Yeah. Uh, and so it, I find it interesting that Vomero came out and said that they would support this, which doesn't seem like a wise move to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, the kids have had... Not very conservative, you mean. It's not very... Yes, exactly. It's not very conservative. Yeah, we are the Macedonian uh, content farmers, and we are conservatives. Uh, and so there are certain core principles, I will say, first principles that we adhere to as conservatives. Um, and uh, one of those is that um, the importance of children to a nation, to a people, and maybe the teachers are right. Maybe they're not getting the pay that they need. I don't know. I haven't delved into it that deeply. But given everything that Macedonia's children have experienced over the last two years with mostly online education and in this past, last semester and, of course, now a combination hybrid, etc., the last thing they need is for is to be sent back home or to have substitute teachers come in and education will be spotty, etc. There's There's got to be a way to work this out, but... I don't think Vomero is making a wise move on this. Uh, I mean, uh, this is, uh, we have huge inflation, obviously, and uh, it's becoming ridiculously expensive, everything is. Mm. Uh, so the Kovacevsky government was doing some populism, they hiked the minimum wage, and they were happy for a few days. They, they were presenting this as a major success for them, that they're forcing private businesses to pay uh, 300 euros a month minimum wage now. Uh, and immediately this was followed by protests from the retirees and the teachers and the public sector who say, overall, who say, listen, we haven't had a uh, pay rise nowhere near to what, uh, you know, the inflation is. And we want uh, salary increase uh, to correspond with the increase in the minimum wage. And Wilmer is in a situation that even Mitskovsky said this, um, he practically said, I'm under pressure from the Americans, I cannot call for protests against the government now, even though 
the weather is improved. Our last excuse was the weather. <laughs> now the Blame God. Protest. Yeah. But now there is the war and now I'm, uh, you know, we will be seen as destabilizing Macedonia in time of war if we protest now. So this is like a proxy way to organize protests through, uh, you know, other groups. And uh, the party will say, listen, we're not organizers, we're you know, maybe supportive. And also to, uh, you know, entrap the government in its own populism. So, uh, yeah, you wanted to hike one, uh, you know, um, segment of the society to, to buy their patronage, you know, by giving them someone else's money. But, you know, we can, we can rile up three other segments who also want patronage as you do this. So we'll, we'll make it even worse for you. We'll make, make you lose any positive point you might earn. And you know, the thing is, uh, Mitskovsky mentioned once, it's not widely mentioned, but uh, he said, he, he mentioned devaluation of the dinner because you know, we started off a level with the Serbs, maybe seven, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, we were, uh, then, then they weird off and they started devaluing the, the dinar, and they're now, uh, the dinar is now half the strength of the dinar to the euro. Mm. And so gradually they, they uh, lowered it to, we are now 60 dinars to the euro, and there is 120 dinars. And uh, there is some argument that they've done well under this arrangement, that their exports have become more competitive, they have increased, they, they definitely grow more than we do, and um, uh, do better economically. So the thinking is, I guess, that uh, sure, we'll p- hike everybody's salary, but then we'll just collapse the dinner against the euro and <laughs> and we'll uh, make our farm mining exports more competitive to, uh, to grow the economy. So that's one thinking that, you know, this is crazy times, so I don't even know what's happening. So... Um, <laughs> We can throw, uh, and also there is another you mentioned, you know, nurturing Macedonia, protecting it. Uh, in the boycotting of the census, I didn't boycott the census, but by accident, I was neither here nor there, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, we are losing uh, the country gradually, you know, under pressure from the US, from the EU, whether they're allowing their favorite neighbors to put pressure on us, or the Albanians as, you know, the main American ally in the region um, in 2001, in 2015, in 2017, you know, with the colored revolution, in 2004 with the redrawing of the municipal borders. Uh, we're, you know, gradually losing, but there is not one major incident that would stir the Macedonians to resistance, or... Um, you remember that we were making this argument, you mentioned that uh, propping up Macedonia and the Macedonian nation-state as a matter of security in the region. We have obviously not alarmed the West enough that a collapse is coming um, or awoken the Macedonians enough to the point that they would all vote Vimara to you know, vote SDSM out by a sufficient margin. Uh, so, um, you know, perhaps making matters worse is a way to make them better. There is a lot of talk now, uh, it's a very popular talking point that if Russia does well in Ukraine, apparently it's not, that we'll uh, have a redrawing, uh, you know, a, a new deal of the cards in the Balkans. 
and obviously uh, the US has picked its allies and uh, we are on the losing side over this long protracted death by a thousand cuts. Mm -hmm. So maybe some people are, are hoping for this. Uh, Deus ex machina, uh, you know, exit. Uh, and, uh, and others are just saying, and I, I subscribe to this last uh, option that we should make matters worse in the country. Uh, you know, hopefully either provoke the Albanians to overreach eventually or, uh, you know, I mean, and in the end, this is a country that arrests the opposition, mm -hmm. that puts people in prison for uh, speaking their mind, that uh, corruption levels are through the roof and crime uh, in the central government is... Uh, but by any definition, this country, this regime needs to be resisted. Right. Now, whether it's just a small thing as uh, boycotting a census or obviously the referendum, parking your money outside of the country and... Uh, uh, you know, uh, taking up a Bulgarian passport or just leaving all together. Uh, any type of resistance against the country is uh, any. Mm. Up to, and I would say even including armed resistance, especially on the part of people who have been wronged so badly, you know, I could name names that they, I wouldn't be, wouldn't hold it against them if they, you know, went postal tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I... It's not, uh, we should stir things up otherwise. It's, it's a steady decline. Maybe it will take decades, but uh, yeah, it's uh, getting worse by the year. Well, yes, yeah, to quote, uh, to paraphrase Hemingway, uh, you, you could almost say, uh, how did Macedonia cease to exist? Gradually, yeah. and then suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. let's do this. Let's let's end on a high note, okay? We haven't had uh, any farmers' picks for quite a while, mm -hmm. uh, but we do have some good news, and this is something that I was just in, really enjoyed watching Macedonians celebrate over the past uh, couple of weeks. And first, of course, was uh, the Macedonian national football team, which beat Italy, oh, yeah. knocked them out of the yeah. uh, <laughs> World Cup competition. Uh, then went on to play Portugal, played a good game, lost, came home heroes. Uh, and then yeah. the second was uh, Vladimir, uh, uh, what's his last name, Egorov, a uh, Macedonian wrestler. Yeah. He won the, he's the European champion in the freestyle category of wrestling uh, at a competition, I believe it was in Budapest. Uh, so that is just, and, and, and he's previously, uh, see, he beat somebody from Azerbaijan. Uh, obviously not a sport that a lot of people follow, but still, uh, it's a win. Uh, and uh, he made Macedonia proud. So there, there is, the point being, there is good news coming out of Macedonia. You might have to look for it. You might have to search for it. Uh, and the, the, actually these, well, especially the Macedonian football team, you don't have to look for it or search for it. It's right there on your TV screens and mm. computer screens and phones and everywhere else. So uh, there is good news, Macedonia. Let's end on that high note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The football, okay. the football was a big yeah, one. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And, and the team is really, I mean, after they beat Germany, what was it, Germany last year in the UEFA? Yeah. yeah so. Uh, yeah, in the qualification. Yeah, yeah. so. Uh, it's all in the same. I mean, it's even, it's, it's crazy. We got by far the worst draw. I mean, you should advance if you beat uh, Italy. I mean, that's the. Right. Oh, yeah. That goes without saying. You, 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 you got, everybody, everybody got two teams. Uh -huh. And it was bad enough, you know, that Italy and Portugal were drawn together. 
that they would have to face each other. That was the <laughs> working <laughs> theory. And then that we are included in this group of death. Yeah. <laughs> and then we knock out Italy. I mean, it's really, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. The reigning European champions. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay. Well, that's a good high note. Good way to end. Um, we'll do this again in a week or two. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, buddy. All right. Yeah, you too.